1: It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. You can download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, everyday local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nod of the Scribe. Hornets, they are reeling right now. They've lost three in a row. They lose the Cleveland Cavaliers last night, 103 to 90. The Hornets lost every single quarter. Every single one of them was close, but yet they lost every single quarter. Terry Rozier did return back with this uh, to this game. He led the Hornets in scoring with 20, uh, 22 points. Devontae Graham had 15 miles. Bridges had 20 and Cody Zeller had 10. Those were your four Hornets in double figures. The starters all last game all got into double figures. The game prior to this against the LA Lakers. So not a, you've got the Hornets. They are struggling mightily with some of these guys that are out and James Brego knows it. And this is a schedule that's been extremely strenuous for all of these teams in the yes. NBA. It's why several NBA GMs and team health officials have reached out saying, yo, this is actually reaching a boiling point with with all of the injuries that all these teams are suffering. And the Hornets, as it currently stands, they are an extreme example that of that. Are. LaMelo and Gordon, they're out for significant time. Who knows if they're even going to come back this season. I think Gordon does based on the original timeline Uh, I don't know about LaMelo now, as we've heard a ton of different things. We've talked about a million times at the beginning of this injury process for him. Malik should be coming back. PJ should be. But every time they have a probable (laughs) designation, (laughs) it goes, wait, psych, they're out. That's happened for both of those guys. Probable, just me. They they need to put an IM in front of that because that's exactly what happens and they just are out (laughs) and they just don't play. So who knows if you're going to get those guys back anytime soon. I'm hoping they will but it's awful, man. Like it's tough. And, and James Brago pregame availability, postgame availability. I, I, I see James Brego in these times that he's talking with media. And, and I really, I really enjoy what he's saying. Like I, 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 like the candidness from him. I like the fact that he is being real. He is kind of being real about it. Look, we've, we've got the same standard, Like it's no excuses, right? Because it's just the right thing to say. But the reality is, I mean, you've got Brad Wanamaker playing legitimate minutes. You got Nate Darling in the Mm -hmm. game for at least some real significant minutes as well. You have to go back to biz. Yeah. You have to go back to biz 20 minutes a game. Jalen is playing at least 30. It's rough. It's rough for the Hornets right now with all the injuries. At
0: this point, like I just want us to really reassess. What is this season going to look like when you have like you just pointed out when Nate Darling is getting minutes when the game is actually on the line? That tells you that JB is at this point like considering throwing everything, including the kitchen sink, not but the kitchen sink, but including the kitchen sink. This is a desperate time, and he's trying to, again, save minutes for other guys and not try to overuse them because every single soft tissue injury that can happen to a a person is going to happen when you're playing four games, five games in a seven-day stretch, unfortunately. And this is why – I feel like this is why it goes back to this is why they didn't make a trade because why eat at your depth that you already know you have when you know the schedule is going to be brutal? And if you have lost games to COVID – Quite honestly, this schedule was going to catch up with you at any given point because you had to make those games up on the back end. This is a seventy-two game stretch, guys. Seventy-two games have to get played because the NBA TV money is that necessary. So, unfortunately, this is just one of those times where you're just going to have to suck it up. You're gonna, uh, and I'm not necessarily suck it up, but unfortunately, these losses are going to come. They're going to come in bunches until, unfort- until. The help arrives. The only thing is, I think they're solidly enough into a spot where you don't have to worry about anything but play-in seating at this point. Maybe other teams fall back to earth because they haven't gotten hurt yet, but at the same time, I don't fully worry about this team in terms of play-in seating because mainly I'm enjoying the ride. What about you, Walker?
1: Um, I mean, (laughs) I've heard you say that before. Is that something you've said before? Yeah. I hear you on that. Not like, I mean, this is, this is an eight seed team right now. Just a few days ago, they were in the four seed. So right now they are half a game back from Miami to get to the seven seed. They're a game back from New York in the six seed. And they're a game and a half back from Boston in the five. And here is Atlanta. They have replaced themselves in that four seed. And now Charlotte is two and a half games back from the Hawks. in that game that they had just uh, on Sunday, I mean, it was a huge swing for both of these teams. And then you look at the teams behind Charlotte right now. So Charlotte's eight, as I just said, they're a game up against the Indiana Pacers. Who's in the nine spot. And then there's the gap. It's the first significant gap that you see. It's Charlotte being five games up from Chicago in the 10 seed and six games up from Toronto. There are 18 games left. So you have to have a massive swing from Toronto to jump the Charlotte Hornets where the Hornets, you just have to think, have to have a massive, massive downswing against a team like Toronto who hasn't shown a ton of fight. They've actually got a positive point differential. They're four and six in their last ten. That is the same as the Charlotte Hornets, but the same isn't going to get it done for Toronto as it stands. I, I mean, I, I'm with you, Nada. I think the Charlotte Hornets—they're solidly in. I feel pretty comfortable with that, with only 18 games left to go. But it's going to be damn ugly getting Absolutely. there. I mean, Absolutely. Absolutely. You've just got—you've just got too much talent out. I, I mean, not a look. You—you you look at this yes. box score. Please tell me. It's it. Well. You just have the veterans quote unquote, like miles is a third year player. So it's kind of weird to say he's a veteran, but he kind of Mm -hmm. is when you're talking about this specific roster and besides biz, the veterans are the only guys that showed up with this team. Terry shows up, miles shows up. Uh, You know, Cody, he gives you good minutes and only 19 minutes of action, but he goes five of six with 10 points and gives you seven rebounds. McDaniels, who had been relying on quite a bit, he has a bad, bad game yesterday the Martin twins were God awful in the 31 combined minutes that they got. So you couldn't rely on them despite needing to Devonte wasn't hitting enough shots. He goes five of 13 from three point range. It's not enough. You just happen to need more from him. And then, you know, it's like Brad Wanamaker who is a good free throw yes. shooter. There was a stat. There was a stat I think released yesterday about Brad Wanamaker being among the best players in the NBA that gets fouled frequently and then goes and hits his shots at the foul line. He goes three of six. Yeah. So like, the guys that you had to have step up, that it, it you felt like you were kind of playing with house money a little bit. Well, the house won yesterday against the Cavs.
0: Yeah, like, like that. here's the thing. I don't, like, there's certain, like, I knew that game was, like, you knew going into that game, or at least I did, that if they were competitive, it was great. But I wasn't expecting them to win. Because, they, again, you just had to give all your effort to keep compete with the remainder of the remainder furniture that were the Lakers, the championship Lakers. Like, that was going to be enough of a fight on a back-to-back when Jared Al- Allen and uh, Larry Nance Jr. were going to play. Like, that that wasn't, that was a combo. That was a bad combo for two back-to-back losses. And I understand that everybody's panicking right now, but at the same time, this is what they are. It's okay to have these stretches because considering, and I guess this is where I uh, uh, the other thing is, this team expectations were super low. Now that we've kind of raised the expectations, it's okay if they end up in a playing, playing spot. Granted, they're not going to look great doing it, but I don't expect them to look great when Nate Darling is getting realistic minutes. Like, where, are like, We have to start adjusting expectations for this team while these guys are still out. I I just don't know how to say it in any other way at this point.
1: All right. One reason to rip, uh, repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. I'd say those are pretty important. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and then you can see all the parts available for your car or your truck you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices that's rockauto.com all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com couple more segments to go we'll continue to recap the last couple of games and perhaps the trouble ahead on the lockdown hornets podcast this is locked on hornets i said oh oh hell yeah just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be you tweeted at me you're going to be singing the chorus to billy jean if you ain't careful (laughs) and again i point to the lie yes i you're well yeah you're right this goes back to our first conversation there's a lot of babies being had out there goodness gracious (laughs) (laughs) unexpected (laughs) (laughs) ones (laughs) it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. You can follow the Locked On Today pod on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You know, Nada, you keep, you're discussing how you're not panicking or anything like that, and I don't know what your timeline on Twitter looks like. I, I, I don't know what everybody else's timeline looks like, right? So often we can see echo yes, chambers okay. or we can see, you know, wh- whatever we follow, we have control of that to some degree. So I don't know what you're seeing. What I am seeing is not necessarily a sense of panic from people. I think you can call it what it is and recognize that this is a team in a bad way with all Agreed. of the injuries. And you can expect that this is probably a play in bound team because the Toronto Raptors are too far back. And you can also acknowledge that it sucks because of like, this this is a brutal amount of injuries that the Hornets have Agreed. gone through. And James Brego, I this is another thing we can get to in a moment, but you know, one, there's just not a ton of depth right now that Borrego can go to, and he's still refusing to go to a couple of the second round As picks he that you had though. from this As past season. Should. Well oh <laughs> okay. I, it, the the problem is, even if that's true, that's still problematic, right? Like I do find it. I know you're playing for a playoff spot and you're trying to win. I'm just interested that Nate Darling got those minutes and I, I don't want to make an example so much out of him, but isn't that surprising that your undrafted guy got minutes before Vernon Carey when Bismack Biombo is the guy separating you? Uh-huh. Like, isn't it interesting that Nick Richards isn't getting minutes when it's Bismack Biambo as the guy that's in front? I mean, you don't have PJ even like you can't even say PJ is someone that's taking those small ball five minutes away. It's Cody Zeller and it's biz and you're not getting any minutes for Vernon and Nick. I just, you know, James Brago, by the way, has said they're going to have to go to them at some point. He said that wasn't meant to say next game or the game after. He doesn't know when. But Borrego flat out said we're going to have to rely on them at some point. I do question when that I is. do
0: question. See, the thing is, I can, I can justify not playing them because they, they're not reliable of everybody that's, that's been, quote unquote, reliable.
1: Well, I'm not, I'm not saying that he should, in order to win these games, I'm simply saying that it's interesting to me as to why Nate Darling is getting those minutes and that he just refuses. Like, it's not like biz out here being a world beater. He is so offensively bad. And even defensively, he's not good. It's, it's just that's intru- that, that's the part that I find intriguing to some degree. And it goes to me, it says, man, they really don't think those guys are ready yeah, whatsoever. And the,
0: the problem is, in a normal s- season, probably one, you don't have nearly as many injuries. The other thing is, you have many more practice days. Now, granted, they have a practice day today because they have two days off for the first time in quite a while. But. If they have a practice day and they feel like, hey, Nick Richards is ready or Vernon Carey is ready, or the funny thing is, Grant, again, Grant Riller is an afterthought this year. An afterthought. It's not even his year this year. Now, granted, a lot of that due to injury, but Grant Riller was somebody that was expected to contribute and hasn't thus far. I am of the mind at this point that they just need more practice, and I don't think it's about this year with these guys. That's the other thing. Like we're talking about this, like Jalen McDaniels and Devontae Graham to an extent are outliers, and we've talked about this before. If these guys, they don't think they can play them this year, and they can't put an impact on it this year we shouldn't be expecting them to explode onto the the scene like those other two cuz we kind of gotten spoiled with that at this point i do think that richards is i do think that if one of them is going to play i have a feeling it's going to be richards because of the defensive ability but if i'm honest i kind of want to see what carrick can do on the offensive end at this point
1: Well, that's right. That's exactly right. Because right now the Hornets are losing these games because they can't score Uh, the last seven games. The team has been the last seven losses. I should say the Hornets have averaged 93 points per contest. Borrego mentioned it afterwards too. We just got to find a way to score a hundred. We got to reach the century mark. And remember back when the team was healthy and skipping around the court and everything was sunshine and rainbows, they were putting up 120 easy with miles bridges, oops, and LaMelo ball passes to the tune of Mad Libs, the buzz. And right now it is anything but that like, it's really bad and really tough to watch offensively, especially last yeah. night. Like they score 90 against, bad Cavs against a Cavs defense. Yeah. And it's not a good defense. And they're, I don't think they're as bad as last year. It's not like I've watched a ton of Cavs basketball ball. But I think last year they were historically bad. I don't think that's the case, especially with the Coro, who's actually a pretty good defensive rookie. But McDaniels, I, I felt bad for McDaniels last night because he was soaring with confidence the contest before and he'd actually been playing really well. And man, ev- he got four personal fouls in this game and he argued about every single one of them. I think he had a case for damn near all of them too, especially a few where there was one he would tried to contest a three point shot. I, th- I forget who it was that that went into him. May- maybe that was even, yeah. I'm not sure. But, you know, Jalen McDaniels was was arguing about every single foul call. He had a couple of bad turnovers, only two, but a couple of bad ones. Um, you know, couldn't hit shots all that well. Three of eight from three, and that was it. Those are the only shots that he hit. So it was just, it was a rough game for Jalen. And and this is a team that it just had really struggled offensively this this yes. time out and they've struggled a lot in all no, the they losses have struggled
0: a lot in all the and the problem is you can't expect to win. Like I just remember when the first like when Malik got hurt the Friday afterwards and I tweeted out something like Can they win a rock fight with the Pacers? And then friend of the show Rick Bennell was like they're, they're going to have to win a lot of rock fights because they can really can't score.
1: Well, they actually scored a decent they amount did. that game, surprisingly, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, and that was a yeah. lot because Miles Bridges exploded and took another step. The problem is, at some point, you're going to need everybody to take a step forward. And it goes back to something that you were saying earlier. Devontae Graham, like, I, I love the guy. I think he's an awesome stick-to-itiveness type of guy, but he's been just a passenger for a lot of the season. And I do wonder how much, and I'm going to continue bringing this up because I'm waiting for my answer on this. I really do want to know how much it affected him to not have, um, to to see the lamella ball drafting because clearly that's been in his head for quite a while, and he's pressing, and you can see it, and he's just, he's not the same guy that he was last year, and I don't think, film or anything else like that he's just really not the same guy that he was from last year clearly
1: and here's here's the thing with Devonte man he's he's an interesting case study for what hordens fans really want and what they think he is because you know uh, the the first half of his second season the guy was unbelievable mm-hmm. and and we've gone through this a million times i think what happened and including myself remember we've talked about this i was one that actually thought you know what Uh, There just hasn't been too many times that the Hornets have been able to hit on talent and keep it. I I wanted to take that shot. You know, I, I think after the first couple months of the season, I'm glad that they didn't. And you look at his numbers, Nada, the guy has best shot from the field, 38.2%. That was last year. Okay, you got to go to his three-point percentage because that's the kind of shots he's firing up. I mean, it, that's all he's taking these days. And he's he shot 37% after a crazy start to the season last year. And this year, he's shooting 37% again. He's shooting basically the same exact percentage on one less attempt per game. I, the assist they've gone down a little bit, but that's because you've got Gordon and Lamelo with the ball in their hands a little bit more this season. I, yeah. Like this man, I, I think this is just what Devonte yeah. is Nada, and you know, I, and, and this was always kind of going to be a little bit worrisome too, because he was a four year player at Kansas man was, I, I think he was even a fifth year guy because of the, the transfer that he had as well. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there's no way that he can improve, right? Like there's a there's a possibility, but you've got to be leaning more towards this is what Devontae. Yeah, is no, that career.
0: that's that. Unfortunately, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Is just this is who he is, and it makes me sad, though. That's the thing. It makes me sad because the two point le- the two point like the field goal percentage is just not there. And if now, granted. All of this being said, he's still a top seven rotation guy on a championship team, top seven, top eight guy on a championship team. The problem is he's in that back half now where I thought you could win a championship with Devontae Graham as your starting point guard because we've seen, quite frankly, a lot worse point guards win championships. The problem is I just want to know what that second developmental part of his game is going to be. And unfortunately for him, time is not on his side.
1: Yeah. And man, I just, it's so interesting. Like, I, I don't know if this affects you the same way we got to go to break, but it, just talking about Devante one more moment. I don't know how these guys hit in your mind age wise, but because it's Devante's third year in the league, you think he's younger, but he's 26. Exactly. And he he's a year younger than Terry, who just turned twenty seven. I mean he he's he's fresh off of twenty uh, of his twenty seventh birthday. And then you go to Malik, Malik's still twenty three. Exactly. You know, PJ still twenty two. Like, I, it it just I don't know because you think about Devontae just not being that old, but man, he's just an older yep. player. And again, it, it doesn't mean that Devontae can't have this explosion, or it doesn't mean that he can't improve quite a bit because he's still. Doesn't have a ton of seasons under his belt within the NBA, but if you're thinking, "Hey, look at what Terry did." Terry had, you know, Terry was able to burst onto the scene last year, but that was when Terry was 25, 26. Like you think of Terry as this way older dude, in your opinion, I guess to the tune of like three years, and he's, you know, he's not much not, older than Devontae. That's just what it is right now. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. I've taken too much of the time talking a little bit about that situation. Uh, Do want to talk to you guys? What read do we have here right now? There's so many that's going on. On. I need to figure out what read. It's Bet Online AG. We're going to give some love to Online AG because they're the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, they are dwindling down the regular season, so if you want to get some skin in the game when it comes to the NBA postseason, visit Online AG. They've got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on we've got one more segment to go
0: on the locked on hornets podcast this is
1: locked on hornets
0: i don't like doing that unless like i am totally annoyed i don't drop the big joker in spades or that early i don't drop the big joker I only do it when I am officially annoyed and I don't want to have this conversation. And I'm going to be real honest with you, Walker. The last thing I want to be talking about at 10 at night is Blake Griffin and the possibility of him coming here.
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. You can subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. We did get some exciting, or not some exciting. Goodness gracious, that's not what I meant. I'm so sorry. Uh, I was going to say we got some surprising news about LaMarcus Aldridge today. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge announced that he was going to retire yeah. It was one of those things that you have to check. You have to make sure that there is a check mark next to Sham Sharania's name. And sure enough, it's legitimate. LaMarcus Aldridge, he released a statement saying that because of an irregular heartbeat that he had suffered a couple of nights ago, I believe, that he is going to call it quits and he's going to spend more time with his family and actually think about them instead of putting basketball first and foremost in his life for so long as what his words stated. Now it's time to put uh, friends and family um there instead so lamarcus retiring yeah. nada what does that do with the brooklyn nets at the top of your down
0: honestly it doesn't affect them much like the thing that i keep coming back to is we know that with the san antonio spurs there was a really bad covid outbreak the problem that i really the, like the question i'm always going to have with lamarcus is Was this COVID related? Because we've heard stuff about COVID. I mean, Jason Tatum literally just told us not even a day ago he's using an inhaler to play before he goes to play basketball right now. We don't know the long term effects. So in a regular heartbeat, like if he caught like I don't wanna like be doctor-ish too much. So I do but it's my it's honestly it's my biggest concern right now.
1: Well, so here's here's what it is. Actually, what's interesting is he was diagnosed with Wolf Parkinson's White Syndrome in '06 and '07 that season with the Portland wow. Trailblazers, and. I actually was diagnosed with that as well, which is kind of interesting. So when I was in college and I was trying out for Charlotte's team and it looked like I was going to be on the 49ers roster, you have to go through the checkup Mm -hmm. stuff, right? You have to go through all these tests to make sure, Hey, yeah, you're basically, so they're not reliable. uh, They're not liable for anything that happens to you and during just the normal physical My EKG comes back abnormal, and I'm diagnosed with Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. And so the way that they fix this is they make sure that they put a catheter all the way up to your heart, and they do what they call an ablation, which is basically electrifying the tissue that causes an elect an extra electrical pathway to get your heart off rhythm and beating a lot faster when you're doing strenuous activity. And so for me, when I had that procedure done, I had complications, so it took me a long time. It took me 3 tries to get that completely fried uh-huh. essentially, electrifying the tissue that made that happen. And once that happens, your tissue's dead and therefore not active, you can start doing strenuous activity again but there are times where it doesn't work as much. And I think that's what's happened with LaMarcus because he had a scare with this syndrome in a 2011, 2012 with the Spurs, Greg Popovich talked about how he had to go through a lot of things and miss some training camp before the season. And then I think he happened. I happened to him again in 2017. And then here's LaMarcus saying at night when I was in bed, my heart started to beat really fast. And it was one of the scariest things that's ever happened. I asked, my doctor if having wolf Parkinson syndrome post procedure would be affected by COVID-19 and my doctor said it shouldn't my, yes. so, wow. you know, this, wow. and again, this is exactly what I have. The exact same thing as LaMarcus and, uh, and he said it shouldn't. So hopefully that's the case. Hopefully that's true that Lamarcus wasn't affected by that. But either way, you know, it is scary because I'm going to tell you right now, man, you talk about some wild, irregular heartbeats, not like, I don't mean to make it about me. I just, I've got some rare. No, expertise this, no this is expertise. what he's going like, through. Normally
0: this, we play ask a Negro <laughs> this. We can ask, ask a Walker
1: right here. <laughs> ask exactly. a patient is what this is. This is ask a patient. And so, so what's happened with him, man, like not, I'm telling you going, growing up all throughout my elementary school days, basketball it dominated my family. It, it's all, it, you know, my grandfather played it in Indiana, Butler and Indiana. My, all my siblings played college ball. My dad did. And so it just dominated my family. My whole life growing up, I was playing constantly. I, I mean, I came out the womb with a Spalding in my hand and my whole life, it was crazy heartbeats. And I just thought that's how everybody walked around. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just like, yep, this is just what it is. It's nuts, man. And then when you get that procedure, the first one that's successful, they, it's like, it's a normal heartbeat. Like it's a lot more in rhythm. It doesn't go have a mind of its own so much anymore. And I just thought that was life. I thought, you know, playing in high school, And playing, you know, rec ball, playing in tryouts. I just thought that's kind of what it was until the abnormal EKG shows up. And it's wild, man. And so for Lamarcus to have that, I mean, the best way I can describe it is your heart having a mind of its own, thinking you're playing a full... Basketball game when you're just just kind of chilling in bed every once in a while that extra pathway gets activated and it you'll just be chilling in bed and it's like man this thing is back again and so for me I haven't had any complications but I also don't play 82 games a regular season 72 in a truncated year postseason right like I, I don't know if that would have ever happened to me but it's shown up before three or four times so anyways all that to say I didn't yeah not to make that about me just Like, this is what LaMarcus is going through. Like, I know all too well he's even going through something more serious because he's had complications post-procedure, and it's never just gone away. So crazy career for him, um, but also I'm just glad that he's able to walk away from the game having a successful career because this is nothing to play with. You do not
0: play with heart stuff. You do not, like, there are certain things, like, as you get older, you realize you do not play with your heart, your lungs, and your back. All of those matter so much going into the later stages in life as i'm finding out now so i like i said i'm glad he's walking away i'm glad he's able to walk away now granted this decision was made kind of made for him but at the same time like, yeah i'm i'm happy he's able to be satisfied with his career
1: yeah and, and it's a yeah. damn good one here's just real quickly like how about five All NBA selections? That's pretty nuts. I, you know, you talk about Lamarcus, and it's been a rough stretch for him. Really, like he had kind of like one resurrection year with San Antonio, and that was it. And and you know, defensively, he's lost a ton. And he's always been like that mid-range type of guy, almost a post-up, DeMar DeRozan, if you will, right? The post, DeMar DeRozan, of post-up players. But the dude was awesome. But five All NBA selections, and yeah. that's no joke. That that's no like slouch he's, he's whatsoever. He's a Hall
0: of Famer. Like people are going to like, he's, hall yeah, that's an interesting case, famer. man. Like I, That's where I'm at with this. He's a hall of famer.
1: Um, yeah. Shout to LaMarcus on a great career and let's see if the Charlotte Hornets can get things back on track and hopefully get some guys back healthy. That wraps up this edition of lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built bar for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of lockdown NBA or really any show on the lockdown podcast network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.